3: and we're still
2: talking about revolution. Hello, and welcome to the Doing Time show. This is 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM on the dial, streaming live on www.3cr.org.au. And this is a very special show, and just to warn listeners that there may be audio images of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples that have died, and we will certainly be playing some more um, Archie Roach music to honour his um, his passing. Now, we're going to be hopefully interviewing Kath um, who is going to be talking about her lived experience of prison, and she's a performer through Somebody's Daughter Theatre Company, which is presenting the premiere of She Swallowed That Lie, which is a unique Australian theatre production created and performed in collaboration with women who have lived ex- prison experience and marginalised youth from regional Victoria. And this particular theatre production is playing at Chapel Off Chapel from the 25th to the 27th of August, and it's the story of eight gutsy women and their life inside prison to life outside, told with a dash of humour and loads of heart. And so we're going to be speaking to to Cass later on in the show, and also speaking with her artistic director. And they have very kindly um, agreed to take a break during rehearsals of the premiere, um, theatre production, to talk about the issues um, facing women in prison, and men too. Um, and since 2011, um, you know, there's there's been... Sorry, I was just having a look at the, the first interview here. I've, I've gone a little bit out of order because we're not sure if we're going to be interviewing um, Felicity from the torch. But while I'm at it, I'll introduce her next in a minute. Um, but, yeah, so we're going to be speaking with Kath and the director later on in the show, and they'll talk about the fact that, you know, there's a lot of over-incarceration of not only women in prison but also men in prison as well and Indigenous people as well. And since 2011, The Torch has been providing art, cultural and arts industry support to Indigenous offenders and ex-offenders in Victoria through its Indigenous Arts in Prisons and Community Program. And first up, I'm hoping to be interviewing Felicity Chaffer-Smith, who is um, an Aboriginal woman from South Australia who's currently studying for a Bachelor of Business with Swinburne University. And she's also an artist who enjoys sharing personal memories of growing up with her family. We're having some trouble getting on to Felicity, but if we don't speak to her today, we will definitely be speaking with her um, in the next week or two. But it's always good to promote the lived experience of prison on Do and Time. Um, and this is a very unique opportunity to do that. And then I'm, I'm hoping also to be speaking with Ian Rint Rintel, and we'll be speaking with him, he's from the Refugee Action Coalition, to give an update on asylum seekers and refugees. Um, But in the meantime, while we're waiting to see who we're going to be interviewing, let's um, listen to some Archie Roach.
4: When the night upsets me And my bad dreams won't let me Get to sleep at all The whole night true When the darkness surrounds me And all my demons just help me I that's when I call And reach for you You have always seen me through With all the times of cried. I don't know what I would do Without you by my side When I'm sad and lonely And it seems like you're the only Friend I've found At least one is true And they all desert me And anybody tries to hurt me Oh, I turn around And reach for you Sometimes I don't feel so strong with. Yeah. Even when I try to be everything, would turn upside down. If you weren't here with me, oh, you fill my heart with gladness? And don't criticize my madness oh, when I'm naked. Cold and blue Cause you hold me till the morning And slowly it comes dawning That it's sacred When I reach for you
5: This month melbourne's beloved art house cinema nova turns 30 and is inviting you to celebrate revisit cinema nova favorites with a curated program of popular features that melbourne movie lovers took to their hearts including parasite call me by your name ligon street Cipolla Italiano, and more tickets on sale now cinema nova melbourne's favorite independent cinema since 1992 a 3cr supporter
2: And you're back with the Doing Time Show. We've just had a few technical difficulties. My apologies there. Um, but we are going to be speaking with Ian Wintel from the Refugee Action Coalition. Hello, Ian. Welcome to the program.
0: Yeah, hi, Marissa.
2: We've just had a few technical difficulties trying to get on to, um, to an interview. That's, it's, it's extremely difficult. But anyway, we are going to be now speaking about refugees and asylum seekers, which is very, very central at the moment, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yes, yes. Well, it's never very, <clears throat> never very far away. I think from the political mainstream, but um, yeah, it's one of the big things at the you know at the moment. So such big expectations with the you know the Labor government, uh, but we're not getting a lot of um, yeah we're not getting a lot of uh, answers yet from the from the government. So people indeed, are
2: we aren't. We're big not.
0: expectations, but um, yeah, not much movement yet.
2: Can we look at the latest media release that's been put out by the Refugee Action Coalition? about the two Iranian refugees in Port Moresby and how they were robbed at gunpoint when armed um, men broke into their unit.
0: Mm. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, that's not so... uh that's not so long ago, um, and you know, look what's on foot now. What we, it's only only a week ago, maybe it's ten days, ten days ago—not quite ten days ago. But it, it's it's just a, you know one more example of the kind of the general level of violence that the you know the refugees have been subjected to, you know in you know in Port Moresby. You know, so they the rascals actually broke into their into their units. You know, one was armed with a gun, two others with bush knives. They put a gun to the head of the younger refugee. Who was in the in the unit, and then you know proceeded to you know rob the you know rob the place. Uh, so I mean, it's very lucky. In many other cases, uh, actually the you know the refugees have been injured. They have been assaulted in these you know kind of armed armed attacks. So it's very common for them to have guns pointed at them or to be you know to be knifed. Uh, and in the, in the assaults, uh, that you know, that take place. It's become it's become routine. I mean, people might have seen on the news, you know, the big issue when, during the election, of the just, uh, you know, horrific, you know, scenes on the streets of Port Moresby with, you know, people armed with bush knives of, you know, hacking into, um, you know, into people on the streets. But that's what the refugees have been confronted with, um, you know, simply, you know, as a routine part of their lives in Port Moresby.
2: Absolutely, and... Uh again what's what's the Labour Government doing about that?
0: Well, that's one of the big issues because, I mean, one of the reasons we wanted to really highlight, you know, that because it it, it is just, a, you know, one more indication, as I said, of the general levels of violence that they're subjected to because most of the refugees kind of stand out, you know, and, and given the levels of, uh, you know, of, of poverty and disadvantage which exist in Port Moresby, you know, they think, you know, someone, if, if they've got anything, a few, you know, a few tens of keeners in their pocket or... You know, a, you know, a mobile phone, then they become a very you know, a very easy mark. Um, you know, they very often stand out in the, you know, in the community uh, and, uh, you know, they become, you know, sort of just a very easy mark, a target for, you know, the robberies. It's one more reason why they shouldn't be in Port Moresby. They should be, you know, in uh, in, in Australia. They asked for Australia for protection in 2013. Many of them have been found to refugee, being refugees, uh, but now they're still being, you know, sort of treated as, you know, people who can be dumped and, uh, you know, sort of, it doesn't really matter the level at which their human rights or their, you know, personal safety are, you know, are abused. So it's part of our arguments about why people in, you know, offshore detention should be be brought to Australia.
2: I mean, refugees have become routine targets, haven't they, of violent assault in Port Moresby and 14 refugees are actually housed at the complex where the robbery took place. Has the attack, um, do you think the, the attack will renew calls for the remaining 100 refugees to being held there by the Australian government to be evacuated to Australia?
0: Uh, well, I think those those calls are going to become louder, I think, the longer people, you know, are prepared to give the Labor government a, you know, sort of certain period of time, um, you know, to, you know, Redress you know, the last nine years of the you know the coalition, but the Labor Party is committed to you know, offshore detention. But nonetheless, we thought there was likely to be some you know some leeway. The people who had been previously medevaced and approved for medevac you know Medivac could be brought uh, you know to uh, to Australia. So there's no doubt I think that you know every little thing which actually happens which highlights the fact that there people have not got any permanency, they've not got safety in. Papua New Guinea or Nauru, uh, those those calls for you know evacuation are going to uh, increase. So while while in this particular case it's the uh, violence which the refugees have been subjected to, uh, the fact is there are you know tens of people who had been approved uh, for yes. needed medical transfer, who were not transferred, that are still sitting there, still you know still suffering, not getting not getting the medical treatment. We've got people who are. You know, look. I mean, really, their, their medical, their, their, sorry, their, their mental health situation has deteriorated. You know, badly. Um, and you've got pe- people who've been, uh, you know, hospitalised for the last couple of last couple of months in you know in you know in Port Moresby because of their mental health oh. uh, distress. You know, like it's just appalling that the Labor government, you know, really has turned a you know a blind eye and a deaf ear to you know sort a of very needed humanitarian response to get them somewhere where you know, they can get, you know, the help they need. And most of all, they need somewhere where they can get some the freedom that they need.
2: Can you comment on the role of the pandemic and some of the devastating impacts that, you know, generally speaking on asylum see- seekers and, and specifically um,
0: PNG? Well, I mean, it's just a fluke really that we didn't lose anyone uh, in, you know, in Papua New Guinea. Like, it's uh, over the hump at the moment, but as we know, those, um, you know, spikes of infections can uh, come back. We've got one. You know, guy who's in the Bamana prison. He's actually seen you know people in the Bermana prison die in the Bamana prison, you know, from you know from COVID. He's had COVID, you know, COVID himself. Many of the refugees have had COVID. So it's just a fluke, you know, that people you know didn't didn't die because of you know the high levels of underlying other medical conditions that they suffer from because they are you know refugees. So it's been you know quite a bit of a worry that because at the moment the australian government is saying that they've got no particular responsibility they think that somehow they can put out a press release or some kind of notice that simply washes the hand the hands of the people that they you know are responsible for putting there you know in 2013 and in that regard you know it may not have been uh, the uh, labor government that actually transferred you know people are uh, there in uh, you know, in 2013, but they've got a responsibility because it was the Labor Party that actually negotiated the the beginnings of the you know, Pacific Solution, you know, Mark II, uh, which you know put people in those you know in, in those in those circumstances. And whether it's been you know the torture on you know on Manus Island, uh, whether it's now you know the the risk of, you know, of violence and COVID in uh Port Moresby, um, you know, a piece of paper doesn't uh, absolve them of the you know, the responsibility that they they have. I mean there's a wider issue which probably doesn't belong here, Marissa, but you know the the fact that Australia didn't send, you know, hundreds of thousands of uh you know of uh, you know AstraZeneca or Pfizer doses to, you know, Papua New Guinea is something else, which I think, is uh you know, a, a particular condemnation—not of the Labor government, but um, you know, the Labor government's got the chance now to make sure that anyone who you know needs a vaccination in Papua New Guinea can can get it. They, we've got we've got so many doses now, which are just um, expiring expiring needlessly rather than being provided to you know Papua New Guinea and other places that could use it.
2: Ian, thank you so much. You've really highlighted a really important health issue here, and it's been wonderful having you on the show. I wanted to interview you. Um today anyway that was gonna have three interviews. And we've just got now the lovely Felicity Felicity. Great. I almost got myself in trouble <laughs> because I actually okay. was trying to organise an interview and it ended up going on air. <laughs> oh see,
0: okay. No worries. You no, know, okay. yep.
2: nah, that's great. And um yeah and this this is the beauty of actually the pandemic as well. Doing doing shows from home can actually become quite fun. Um but uh-huh. it's all good. Ian, it's really lovely to have you, and, um, and I'm hoping we can talk to you again very soon. Yeah, yeah no worries,
0: Mr. Thanks very much. Thanks a lot. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye.
5: You're listening to Radical Radio 3CR.
6: Get your free ticket to the upcoming Forum for Dwelling Justice, an activist-driven event featuring speakers including Senator Lydia Thorpe, Debbie Kilroy, Rouge Amity, Whit Gary, and more. The forum brings together grassroots activists and campaign groups to strengthen solidarity movements resisting ongoing colonial dispossession, housing injustice, incarceration, and poverty. The forum ends with film screenings and a discussion between Uncle Larry Walsh, the filmmakers, and guests with lived experience of homelessness, displacement, squatting, and public housing. The event will run from 1 to 7 p.m. on Friday, the 26th of August at the Capitol Theatre, 113 Swanson Street, Narm. Entry is by donation. Join us to identify the radical potential for resistance to dispossession and displacement in Narm. To register, head to cur.org.au forward slash events or check the 3CR website for details. The Forum for Dwelling Justice is brought to you by RMIT's Centre for Urban Research, a 3CR supporter.
2: And you're back with the Doin' Time show, and I'm really honoured to have Felicity, um, who's going to be talking about the torch. Hello, Felicity. Welcome to the program. Hi. Thanks for having me. Sorry about all that, Felicity. (laughs) All oh, good, no worries. All oh, good. You're on air now, but um, now Felicity, I'm wondering if you could just first of all um describe talk about talk to us about what land you're from, and then talk a little bit about the torch and how it's helped you. Sure. So um, I'm
5: another Indigenous woman from South Australia. Um, uh, my my connection comes through uh, my my mother's mum, so my maternal grandmother, um, and Prior to uh, getting, you know, introduced to the torch, there there was only a limited amount of information that I had of my my history, my family, my people. Um, so that's where the torch came in and actually really opened up my eyes and helped me connect to who I am. Um, uh, so I was uh, in prison. I've done five sentences and it was during my last sentence, my longest one, that I um, that I learned who the torch was and um, uh, engaged with the participant and uh, really got stuck into it all.
2: Fantastic. And so, so you've had lived experience from prison and now you're doing like an arts program or you're, you're doing art yourself?
5: Yeah, exactly. So um, the program, you started as a participant whilst you're inside um, and... You can um, put in requests for some um, resources like they put together these resource booklets about each person's mob, um, any other kind of requests, like about your totem, about um, language, things like that. so that was a massive um, that was that was massive for me because I didn't get to see my grandma when I was inside and she passed away not long after I got out so um, I learned a lot through through the um, things that they uh, gave me the resource booklets, um, and once uh, once I got out, I stayed in contact with the torch and continued on as an in community participant. Um, and I got to I still do do my art. Um, we have uh, the Melbourne Art Fair on at the moment, which I've actually got a couple of pieces in, um, and this year's Confined, which is our, uh, the biggest yearly exhibition the torch holds. Um, I was actually selected as the promotional image, my artwork um, called Tidalic, That was the promotional image for this year's exhibition. So that was pretty, pretty special.
2: It is very special. I'm so glad. And it's, you know, Felicity, it's, it's always good because, um, you know, there've been a lot of large numbers of women in prison and also um, Indigenous people as well, isn't it? Oh,
5: yeah, yeah. It, you know, as, as it's... As it, so commonly said we're overrepresented you know we're what 3, 3% of the Australian population but we're over I think it's over 30% of the prison population um, so that you know just kind of puts it into perspective I guess and um, and being in, the, in the torch um, there's obviously more men than women um, but yeah we kind of really really get into it um, and it's something that since I've been out and a lot of other participants will probably attest to this as well, it's a, it's a healthy coping mechanism that we didn't have beforehand, like painting it's so therapeutic and healing and calming and, you know, it's one of my go-tos now that I don't have those unhealthy ways of dealing with things, thankfully. So um, yeah, it's, it helps in so many different aspects and
2: I, I can imagine life without it now. Oh, for sure. I mean, it it sounds like, I mean, from what I've been reading about The Torch, it it helps um, artists to to reconnect with culture and and earn income from from art sales, which you deserve with 100% of the artwork price um, going directly to the artist. Because sometimes I'm a little bit sceptical about, um, you know, Indigenous art and the fact that sometimes it doesn't go directly to the artist. So this is wonderful.
3: Mm.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, you know, uh, since... Uh, since getting involved in art and things like that, I've done some research, which I, I didn't know anything about the art industry um, beforehand. And, yeah, you won't find another another um, organisation like it 100%. And since I've been out, um, I actually... When I was inside, I started studying um, a business degree and I did my first-year accounting units when I was inside. Once I got outside, um, that kind of got put on hold with COVID and um, I actually had... Uh, I've got two, two sons now, but, um, you know, have been crazy, you know, expanding my family. But um, once I got out, I was offered a position as a, um, a accounts and operations assistant. So I'm on maternity leave at the moment, but uh, I've been working there ever since. So it's a really full circle kind of thing. And this year's International Women's Day, I actually got to go back in prison through the front doors this time. I'm um, up at Tarangawa, Tarangawa, the women's prison. Oh, yeah. And I got to sit down, have a yarn with all the women and um, tell them how life's been for me. And um, it, was so, it was so amazing. It's something that I'll remember for, forever because being in prison, all you hear and see are people that you know have gotten out and then things have gone wrong and, you know, one, one reason or another they've relapsed or uh, re-offended and come back into prison. So you just see, um, you don't hear as many success stories. So to be able to be that for the women, that was massive.
2: It is massive, and I, I look for me. I'm finding it really refreshing being able to, to connect with with a woman um, who's had lived experience from, from prison and is able to to and is being an artist. Because cause you're right, it's a lot of it is a lot of them are men.
5: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's so many, so many, too many prisoners, full stop. But um, yeah, majority, majority of men. Um, but, yeah.
2: Fantastic. And are you are you a member of the stolen generation?
5: No, not me. My grandmother, um, is or was, uh, yeah, she was. Um, and some of the, there's a lot that, you know, she took to yeah. the grave of her. But um, uh, some of the things that I know that she went
2: through is yeah, crazy. But you're still you, you you would you would still be taking on that transgenerational trauma. You're a descendant. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it's weird how it um,
5: comes through as well because my grandmother, she, oh, yeah, so she a lot of a lot of our culture, um, she was forced to hide. Um, she couldn't, you know, share and stuff like that. So I kind of had to really dig out of her um, because that was her normal of not sharing it. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it does get, get passed down.
2: Absolutely. So the torch, where does it come? Who funds it?
5: Um, so it's funded, um, so it's a non-profit organisation and it's funded uh, justice, um, a large, large, Donor, um, yeah. and main, main, most of our funding, I think, comes through uh, philanthropic. Yep. Um, uh, sorry, I can't, it's hard to That's say. That's okay. Um, Fundraiser. Uh, so, oh, good. So yeah, it. just donations, donations, and um, grants.
2: Okay, so it's yeah. not from corrections.
5: Oh uh, yeah, so some does come from yeah justice corrections.
2: Um, but wow.
5: Certainly, certainly not
2: not all of it. Definitely no, I get it. No, no, yeah. it's always good to know. Look, it, it doesn't really matter as long as the, the the torch is is helping people, you know, from prison yeah. particularly. And it's not just even about prison; it's also about, you know, um, looking at looking at country and, and culture. So this is just made up of First Nations people, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Aboriginal right. and um, Torres Strait Islander peoples, yeah, as well. Felicity, I've just so enjoyed your company and I really wish that we hadn't more time. I'm actually going to be interviewing now Kath, um, who's a performer with the Somebody's Daughter um, Theatre Company and we're going to be looking at um, the theatre production She Swallowed That Lie and they're actually going to be taking a break from rehearsals to to be interviewed. But is there any way I can interview you next Monday as well? Can I, can I do that? Yeah, sure thing. Okay, I mean, let's continue our discussion. Can you put in your diary um, that we're going to be doing um, 4 o'clock this Monday coming? Can you lock that in? Locked in? I'm saving it now. You are amazing, Felicity, because I'd really like to to have a chat to you again um, and continue continue our interview. We do this a lot on the Do and Time show because um, it's really, really important for... Um, women in prison to be to be represented on our show and i don't mean that in tokenism i mean i mean that very sincerely that we we need to have more women
5: yeah absolutely i'll i'll i'll, I'll chat with you all day long i can definitely go on about you know um, my experiences and my, how, how amazing torture has changed my life so yes yeah, i'd love yeah. for it
2: Okay, I'll ring you on this number at four o'clock this Monday. Thanks for right, next right. Monday, which would be the uh, the 29th, I believe. 29th, yeah. Good on you, Felicity. Have a great week. Talk to you then. You too. Bye. Bye. Hi, we're from Fitzroy Primary School, and
6: you're listening to
5: Community Radio
2: on 3CR. Hi, my name's John A. Tate
3: and I've collected hundreds of songs about footy and sport. So we've put together a program called the Sporting Record. Hang on, it's not all
6: about your records, John, a Em and I are also here to cast a critical 3CR eye over all things sport. Join John, James and me every Thursday at 4pm for the Sporting Record, right here on 855 3CR. Kicking off on Thursday, August 25th at 4 o'clock.
2: And you're back with the and Time Show 3CR Community Radio and it's approximately 4.34 and you just heard an interview with Felicity who is ta- was talking about the torch. And coming up now, we're going to be speaking with Kath who is a performer at um, She Followed That Lie and that's in with the theatre company is Somebody's Daughter. I'm really excited to be talking to Kath and also Karen, who is the director. Hello, welcome to the program. Hello. Hello. Artistic director, I should say. Hello. Hello. Okay, um, who would like to start? Uh, I
1: will,
2: Kath. Kath, go on, Kath. How you going? Um, good, thanks. Good. I, I had to kind—I of, had to formally introduce introduce the listeners just so they knew what was happening. Yeah, it, it's good to hear your voice, Kath. So, <laughs> can you tell us, um, you know, what, what inspired you to, to to go into somebody's daughter and and this theatre production? Um, it's the short
1: answer. The short answer is um, it was an introduction to something creative to do. Um, when I was in prison, and yeah, just, and yeah, something that I'd never done before, and inspired me a great deal. They inspired me with the the theatre company to get involved with the creative arts.
2: Fantastic! And you're a writer too, aren't you, Cass?
1: I am. Yes, sometimes I am.
2: <laughs> when I write stuff. <laughs> Thank you. And I and do what do you effect? think are the main things for you with this particular? Um, performance that you're going to be doing.
1: Well, I think it's a great for, for all of the cast. It's a great platform for them to. It's a it's a very collaborative um, story. So everyone's got a little journey and a little story, um, and it's a great way for. And they're very passionate about their stories, and we are very passionate about our stories. So it's a great platform to be able to express those thoughts, feelings, words, songs, etc. On behalf of of all the other women in prison.
2: Absolutely, because it's really mm. important to capture the stories and the voices of the women who've experienced those cycles that leads to incarceration, isn't it?
1: Certainly is, because um, you know it's not a it's not a peek into prison life at all. It's not a peek into pri- and people think as soon as you mention prison, they get all like
2: prison porny, and um, mm. think that it's about bloody jail stories, and it's not. No it's more than that. Of course not. It's a very elegant production. It is indeed. <laughs> and it, I mean, it's um it's not just about jail. It's 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 about the way I see it, you know, it's about real life people.
1: Yes it is. Yes it is. And we all have stories and they're very, very
2: simple, they're very real, they're very poignant and sad and uplifting. I mean it talks a lot about the you know, when I when I was having having a look at it, you know, she swallowed that lie, it's all centred around um, two main characters, isn't it, who are 18 uh, years old?
1: Well, yes, it is, I guess. it's they're, they're For me, I think um, they're not the most important, but they're the most impressionable. Yeah. Um, to stop them from having... From, ..to stop those young people from going down the same path as me or some of the other horror stories from around St Kilda, we would do, you would do anything you can, wouldn't you, to, to stop young people... Um, being hurt and trying to protect them and send them on their way with a safer ending, hopefully. Uh,
2: hopefully. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. And what uh, date is this happening?
1: We start on the, uh, this Thursday. It's our first show, opening night, which is exciting. Scary. Uh, you yeah you nervous? Thursday. Two, two shows on Thursday, go. We've got a preview and then we've got, a we've got a, Yeah, so a preview and opening and, yeah, so... Um,
2: Great. Yeah, they're Karen. Questions. Great. I will we'll speak to Karen in a sec. We don't want to leave yeah. you out, Karen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, um, and this is, we'll we'll speak about where it's playing in a second. So, Kath, um, let's talk about your um, like what's what's going to happen in in terms of of these performances. I mean. So which character are you? Are you allowed to say that?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm Paulie. I'm Paulie the crazy pigeon lady, the storyteller of St Kilda. <laughs> oh uh, Well, I live in St Kilda, so Karen and I started together and it was sort of all about St Kilda and that's where we started. So we got uh they're the foundations, I guess, and we've branched off and there's you know, quite it's lots and lots of stories since I've been in St Kilda. Really scary stuff. Um and yeah, so it's based in St Kilda. We're trying to keep the girls, the two young characters, that's Bailey and um, Charlie, from from getting stuck in St Kilda, I guess, on this old drug addiction
2: and cycle of homelessness yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So sure. And what's the main? What are the main messages that that this production is is going to give out? Do you think? Um, that, that
1: homelessness, that, that for me, is that um, young people need to be safe, I guess, and they need... I think we need lots more services to stop young people putting a foot in jail ever, you know? And I go back to uh, more therapeutic communities rather than prison as an option for anybody, really, you
2: know, within reason, I guess. Absolutely. I mean, it's... It's actually really positive for me to be doing this interview because I've been doing um, a radio broadcasting with the Do and Time show for many years now and the thing that stands out for me is that I'm always doing stuff about violations of human rights week after week after week mm. and negative stories, all negative, mm. all negative mostly mm. and especially, you know, not just with Aboriginal deaths in custody and, and you know, stuff that happens with the police but also things that happen in prison with, with men and women. And so it's really great for me to be able to do an interview like this where it's positive. Yeah, for
1: sure. Good for us too, to have something positive to say, actually. Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah well, let's promote it. So, so Karen, um, so you're, can you just introduce your title and who you are? <laughs> uh, yeah, hello. I'm Karen, Karen Halper, and... Um, I'm the director of this
1: show, um, Somebody's Daughter Theatre, and um, it's a very collaborative work. We basically started, we, look, COVID and the whole sort of lockdown, we were working in the women's, obviously we work in, in Dame Phyllis Frost Centre in Tarengau with the visual art and we've been inside the women's prison for many, many years. And we always have a production. It's a sort of every year we have a, a production. So we devise a new work with the women inside. Um, and also the visual artists come in and there's a an exhibition and a, and a new production and generally it has three um, shows for outside audiences to come in. So you've got the... You know, you get the, the dignitaries, you get the sort of the justice ministers and dignitaries and sometimes members of parliament and so on, but you also get women's family, friends, supporters, the, 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 the whole housing and health um, uh, sector that supports the women incredibly well. And they come and see um, this show and uh, it's amazing. So it's a bit of a privilege, that's what happens. And then there's two shows on, on For the Women, the mainstream women themselves and that's we do five performances so that finishes in 2019 and then in 2020 we were sort of we did a radio play um and we're putting it out as a podcast that's another thing we'll 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 promote that later but there's a little podcast about um the show we did in 2019 um so this show is very much um we're taking some one little aspect of, of a couple of little aspects of former shows. It's mainly a new production with the new the people that we've got, but there are some other a couple of songs, and that's from the from the I won't give too much away, but you know, that a little bit of Gatwick revisiting and, and a few little things like that. So it's very exciting. This cast is absolutely wonderful. It's it's um, it's really. Um, I guess it's obviously there's a lot of truth-telling, but it's done in such a way that um, I think we're taking people through uh, a a wonderful journey of, I guess, there's resilience in there and bucket loads, but we're also looking about what happens. How do you intervene um, before people hit the system, before they are tumbling around, down, um, lost, through the cracks sort of thing? So it's very much a little hero story.
2: That's great. And it's, it's... So it's actually... When you say theatre production, this is probably a very silly question, but is yeah. it a play? It's a play. This is a play, yes.
1: We do a lot of our play, Marissa, that we we always have songs that weave the storyline. Sometimes um, songs are a bit of light a light relief, but sometimes a bit of dancing, and that we all want to have a little bit of fun. I mean, I think people... I um, mean that's how people survive. Some of the humour that you're when you're working with people is you know, it's it's pretty funny and so yeah. there has to be ways where people can just leave some of that, you know, some of the the trauma and the horrors of, of, of just real life existence behind and people are quite funny. So we do have some some songs that we the action, um, but it is it's a it's a play. It's about eighty five minutes one act play.
2: And we and can also you have Go on. sorry, Go on. we
1: also have an exhibition that is is going on alongside it. So this is the retrospective and current artwork. So we're going back about about 20, 25 years of women's work. It's beautiful. Um, And that's up in the mezzanine and in the foyer as you come in. So that is um, coupling the performance, and you get to see that and, and walk through it. It's just beautiful work, really beautiful.
2: Indeed it is, and let's talk about where it's going to be. Where, where's it going to be well, held? It's at Chapel Off
1: Chapel. We're currently rehearsing at Chapel Off Chapel. It's very exciting to be in the theatre. We're at the, um, the big theatre, the Chapel Theatre, and it starts on uh, Thursday night. We open 7pm. Um, Fiona Patton is opening the show and, we, and the exhibition, and it goes through to Saturday. So there's five performances, including a preview. Wonderful,
2: and Kat, how does it feel to have to have all of these things said? I mean, it, uh, it's such—they're it, really big achievements, really.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So my my life is not so bad after all. That's all. I've done all hard yards. I have, and I have worked very hard to get where I'm sitting here now. Um, yeah, we all have. We all have worked very, very hard, and I'm very proud. And I am very proud. And I'm having a lot of fun. I am, actually. <laughs> and I never would have ever had so much fun doing this sort of stuff, I don't suppose. Yeah, I don't know. It's a wonderful, wonderful group, as Karen
2: said. Um, and yeah, they've all a- had the lived experience of prison.
1: Yeah, it's really sad. Oh, no, not all of them. But, you know, they've Most not everyone's been in prison, no. But, um you yeah, know, only a couple of us have had lived experience in prison, but Karen can tell you a bit more about the other people. Um, yeah. Young people have had... Um, you know, parents and stuff like that. So they're exposed to all that nasty, ugly side of lives that young people shouldn't be exposed to, having their families ripped out from them et cetera, et cetera.
2: Well, yes, because, I mean, this show has done a lot of interviews about the bail laws and about how young mm. people in mm. remand and raising it's the criminal age, so-called mm. criminal age, because, mm. you know, really in some ways it's about locking up the poor. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's approximately 4.46 and you're listening to the Doin' Time show and I'm honoured to be able to interview Kath and, and Karen. Now, just a, a question, and please, I, I don't want this to look as if it's like a trick question, but do you think there will ever be audio description for blind and vision-impaired people for for this, these particular I saw, productions?
1: Absolutely. I, I, I saw a show here with um, uh, Donnie, uh, I, saw, I saw a show here, and they had the whole show... For deaf people, you know, with oh. and, and the whole show was. Oh no, I know it was something in the city. But yeah, I don't know about um, blind people, but certainly audio, uh, you know, signing a whole show, show. I've seen it done, which is really cool.
2: Yeah, it can it can be done, and it's because um, yeah. often it can it it can be very difficult um, for for blind people mm. to to go mm. to these productions because they can't they won't be able to. Um, to see what's happening, although plays are not that visual in many ways.
1: No, it's
2: very um, audio-friendly. There's lots of songs that explain the story
1: and push the story along, lots of um, monologues and bits and pieces. I reckon you could shut your eyes and be able to follow the story.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And I believe Indigenous Australians make up less than 3% of the Australian adult population... But represent over thirty percent of the the national adult prison population. Ah, yes. yes.
1: With
2: women.
1: Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. um our, both our young people, are First Nations artists, and they're um. You know, it's, it's um. Yeah, it's very interesting in terms of the the show. We've got sort of the the different generations. So we've got two. Uh, 18, 19-year-olds, we've got people that are getting a little bit older than that in their mid-30s and then we're, we're yeah. sort of going up and up from there. We've also, and we've I think the oldest about 64 or something and then we've also got people, you know, slightly culturally diverse. When we when we did the last show in the prison, we had about probably about nine cultures that were on stage and it was sort of sensational. Um, but, you know, we, we work with the people that are there and this is this is what we've, you know, what we've got. I, 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 going back to your question, I think it would be wonderful to have uh, more accessible, um, uh, you know, in terms of um, for the vision impaired and um, audio cueing um, and stuff like that. So there's something that we could possibly ask about. It's not something that we haven't um, thought about. We, this, this show, is, everything is, with, we've gone from the marathon, you know, the long, slow marathon to the sprint, so everything is sort of, is happening sort of yesterday. And I think that but um, these things are very important. I, I believe what Kath's saying is true. It's really important that we've got, we do have something, we will, be, um, we will be putting out a podcast, a four-part podcast, once this show comes down, which is um, Kath leading that. And she's um, one of the five women that actually introduced the podcast. And it's it recorded in the women's prison just before, when COVID lockdown happened. And um, and they're giving some sort of, I guess, some background to the show and what it's all about and, and why the themes of the play are there and so
2: on. So that's something that is going to be released very shortly. Yeah. That, that is great. awesome. And <laughs> Kath, do you do you sorry. have any? Oh, sorry, Karen. What was Did oh, I interrupted you there? Okay. Yeah. It's okay. What were you going to say? I was just going
1: to say that because I, I thought you meant by people watching the show and listening to it rather than. Yeah. Yeah. Because
2: would not be excluded if they had vision impairments from this show. Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's just good to ask questions about that, you know, because mm. um, because it's, it really sounds like your show has a lot of diversity, you know, different cultures, Indigenous, Definitely. non-Indigenous, and it, and it is inclusive. And, um, yeah. you know, and I was just saying, making the point that it's so important to have that, everybody have access to that information because, you know, as... As you and Kath was, were saying before, it's really important for people to understand that it's not that it's not just about prison. You, you know that people people who, who go to prison, it could be anyone. I could go tomorrow. Or an injury to one is an injury to all. Yeah, indeed, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And Kath, do you have any final comments about about the performance? Are you nervous?
1: Oh yeah, I'm bloody completely, completely crazy nervous. <laughs> I try not to think about that until it's the last thing I'm thinking before I go to bed. <laughs> and then I'm like, <laughs> really, no, I'm okay. We're okay. It's coming together really, really well. It's lovely. It's lovely.
2: Yes, I'm nervous. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, you? I imagine, where's the podcast happening? How can we get access to the podcast? We'll know about that later. Uh, we'll let you
1: know. It, we, we thought yeah, we'll, we
2: might wait till the, the play is just about to finish
1: and we'll just... Okay. Yep. you drop a podcast don't you but we will definitely let you know we we've, we've um um we're chasing our tail a little bit but it's it's amazing that we've had permission to do this from the you know from Donstella to to put that out there so um yeah we'd love it to be promoted and for people to hear it it's pretty lovely i mean it's, it's it's some interesting stuff in there for sure
2: and let's plug that one more time about the date time and where okay so it's at chapel of chapel it's in
1: the Chapel Theatre, the beautiful Chapel Theatre and the mezzanine for the visual artwork. And it's the 25th to the 27th of... So it's Thursday night, Friday night at 7pm, both at 7pm, Saturday at 2pm. We need more people at Saturday, 2pm, and and 7pm. Is it fairly
2: sold out or are there lots of tickets?
1: Uh, the opening night sold out. It's gone. It's, it's um, um, yes. Uh, but there's, you know what, and also too, if people, it's a very, um, it's a very recently pri- priced show. The, the the most expensive ticket is $30 and then it's it's uh, 12, $12 and whatever. Mm-hmm. If people are, particularly for the matinee on, on the Saturday, if people really want to bring some people along, um, we're more than happy to have people there. We just want people to see it. So we're more than happy to pass on complimentary tickets for for the shows that, um, that uh, particularly the Saturday matinee, because we've got plenty. We've got quite a few seats available still for that one, um, but yes. Yeah, so we just want and, people to see it because it's wonderful, and we want to meet people. That um, I'm sure there's a lot of interesting people that will be coming to see the show as well.
2: I hope so. I'm sure I'm sure there there will be. And uh, how do you how do you book tickets? Uh, just through Chapel. Offchapel dot
1: com I think it's dot yeah. And if you go to the somebody at oh, the somebody's daughter theatre website, it, it has a link to the poster there. But it's Chapel off Chapel, and that will get you to. The and that gets you straight to the book tickets of She Swallowed That Lie.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much for coming onto the program, Kath and Karen. It was really great talking to you both. Oh look, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time and um, yeah, and and the great work you do. Oh, thank you. And I, I hope you've had a lot of other media exposure besides us.
1: We've had
2: a bit. Yeah, it's terrific. Yeah, no, it's really good. So, well, um, yeah. I hope ABC got hold of this, didn't it? Ah, uh,
1: yeah, we've got... I think there's a the radio thing and there's um, something in that... We, yeah, there's something coming up in the, Wonderful.
2: In the future. So, yeah. but 3CR yeah. Is, is very well known for, um, you know, providing a safe environment for, for minority, you know vulnerable communities and marginalised yes. groups. And in particular, our show does have a special focus on the stories of um, lived experience of prison.
1: Indeed. Yeah,
2: no, it's great.
1: And it's wonderful that that voice is, is is put out there in such a strong way.
2: Thanks so much, Kath and Karen. Take care. No, you good luck they, with yeah. the show. Bye-bye. Bye now.
6: Bye-bye. Hi, we're the Marindas, and you're listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 AM.
1: All the way from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and touring Australia for the very first time is Folk Duo Watch House, formerly known as Mandolin Orange. From coffee houses to major festivals, Watch House has played it all with their heavenly harmonies, songs, and music. Watch House play the Melbourne Recital Centre, 11th of October, with support from the wonderful Charm of Finches. Also playing at Out on the Weekend at Seaworks in Williamstown, 8th of October. Love Police, proud supporters of 3CR.
4: Brave men fall with the battle cry. Tears fill the eyes of their loved ones and their brothers and moms. So it went.
2: And it's nearly, we're nearly the end of our show, nearing the end of our show. Goodbye from Marissa and thanking all our guests for coming today. And don't forget to go to She Swallowed a Lie, um, playing at Chapel, off Chapel from 25th to the 27th of August. Um, and book tickets for that. Approximately 4:56. It's goodbye for Marissa. Stay strong and take care of each other. Stay tuned every Monday from 4 to 5 for the Doin' Time Show. And we're going to be going out now with our theme song, "Black Fella, White Fella" from the Rumpy Band. Bye.
3: Color, as long as you a true fella, as long as you a real fella. i